Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1754. Today, we are going fast with a land speed record holder. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful Ridgeway, Colorado, not far from Telluride, where maybe we'll do a little skiing after this talk, with a very special returning guest by the name of Danny Thompson. Danny, welcome to Cars Yeah! should say welcome back to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up tight, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, you always are buckled up tight. I'll remind our listeners, Danny was a, a very early guest here. He took a chance on me when I was trying to figure out my craft. He was guest number 186 all the way back in February 2015. Here we are in February 2021. Oh, my gosh, some things have changed in our lives, I think, just a little bit. Now, before I give you a proper introduction for those that don't know a lot about you, I don't know who that might be, but what's one little thing that you could share with me that most people don't know about you? Hmm. I'm going to give you three. Three. Uh, bonus. Three. <laughs> so I'm an avid snow skier. Yeah. That's why I live in Colorado. Avid water skier. Wow. And I was a crash test dummy for some years. <laughs> okay. Now, before I let you go any further, a crash test dummy. The furthest thing that I would associate your name with is dummy. So, uh, Tell me a little bit about being a crash test dummy. Well, my dad, Mickey Thompson, invented uh, water-filled barriers that you can see a lot on the side of the road and everything. Yep. And to prove their worthiness, when uh, I took over and we did, we had to get state and federal approval, I crashed into these water barriers at, it depends, sometimes 45 miles an hour wow. at a 30-degree 30, 30 angle, which is a pretty heavy hit. But uh, I did, I think, 27 of these crash tests all over the world. Japan and in Europe and all over the United States just to so you'd get you'd get state or cities for clients to come in and they wanted to see the worthiness of those things and I would I would strap in tight and uh, hit those things at those angles and then they would test deflection and stuff like that so yeah part of my career crash test dummy so I've got to laugh at this a little bit because we've talked before and you had said that your dad really didn't want you to get into racing, but he was willing to strap you in a car and let you hit some barriers so he could sell them to other people. That's pretty funny. And, uh, you know, those things have saved more lives. When you think about all the lives your dad has saved, oh my gosh, it's been a lot. Yeah, he was big, big into the safety. And and to clarify that, my dad was already gone when I was doing this, so so he didn't know about it. But But it was his invention. And uh, he originally started doing it for delineation of lanes for the off-road races when we raced inside stadiums like L.A. Coliseum and Pasadena Rose Bowl and that stuff. So that that's what the original thought for these things were. And then they moved right into the traffic industry. Okay, I see. Very cool. Let me give Danny a proper introduction. We're going to dive into his story today. Step by step, Danny Thompson has maintained and expanded his family's celebrated history in motorsports. He began his career in motocross, progressing through the Formula Atlantic Series, Super V's, CRA sprint cars, and eventually indoor stadium trucks and 
crash dummies, so he says. Danny came to Bonneville for the first time in 1992 and became a record holder in multiple classes. He gained further salt flat notoriety in 2007 after building the world's fastest Ford Mustang. And in 2010, Danny began a ground-up rebuild of the Challenger 2, a land speed streamliner originally constructed way back in 1968 by his famous father, Mickey Thompson. And the who's who of so-called drag racers. In 2016, Danny used the completed vehicle to break the existing naturally aspirated streamliner record with a combined speed of 406.769 miles per hour. Imagine going that fast. I think I did it in an airplane once. Knowing that the car has more potential, he came back for more and he continued trying to top that speed. And guess what? He did it. In 2018, he drove a restored 50-year-old vehicle, that same vehicle, to a blistering two-way AAFS record of 400 and 48.757 miles per hour. And that's a mark that still stands today. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Danny some more about his amazing life. But first, a word from our sponsors. Give him a listen, and we'll be right back. Keep your seatbelt on. We're moving quick today. Our pets are part of the family, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for rides? Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features and keep cargo areas and your seats protected. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur and hair, mud, moisture, and drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's interior surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And I've got a deal for you. Cars Yeah listeners are going to get 10% off if you use the code YAH21, that's yeah one. Simply use the code YAH21 at checkout at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? Then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Okay, Danny, we're back. So as we continue on what I'm going to call this journey of your life, I'd love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. So grab the wheel. Well, this is this comes from my dad, borrowed it from my dad, and, and his famous saying 
And he said it everywhere, whether it was work or the racetrack or whatever. And I've adopted that and I love it because it covers such a wide, wide range and it's stand on the gas. <laughs> Why yeah. am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that, your whole that, life has been standing on the gas. It has. And, um, you know, I mean, that all came from him originally. And, and I mean, that's standing on the gas. That means whether you're you're going out to go snow skiing or water skiing or driving a race car or, I mean, whether you're building parts for somebody or it, whatever it is, stand on the gas. It, it's a it's a mantra that really, really means a lot. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I want to talk about what uh, you're up to these days, and we'll start with standing on the gas by taking care of yourself. Now, you're a young, what, 71 now? Yes. Yeah, uh, pretty amazing, and we're doing this, uh, uh, looking at each other, and this is one spry, young-looking 71-year-old, I'll tell you, but but there's a reason for that. He talked about, you know, he goes skiing, he lives down the road from Telluride, very active, very physical. His lovely wife, wife Valerie, I think, is even more active than him, according to him. She's she's out shoveling the snow and running around the house early in the mornings. So let's talk a little bit about where you're at in your life right now, how important taking care of yourself is training. And then we're going to talk a little bit about a new book that's out that you're in, along with some other great land speed record holders. So let's start with what is the great Danny Thompson doing today? Well, and, and training, as you mentioned, is, is very serious to me. And, and keeping up with Valerie is very serious, which is really, really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, good luck. She's relentless <laughs> seven days a week, you know, just on it. And, and even if I'm a half hour late start, she makes me feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so I jump back on it. But yeah, so training is really important. I think that keeps you mentally mentally sharp and lets me, you know, continue to do all the things that I want to do because it, I have this thing about me is I don't like to lose at anything. Even if we're walking to the door, I want to be the first one to the door. So, so I go out and ski it and it's a dream, but I go out and ski and these 18 year olds and stuff out there. There's no way you can keep up. But when I leave the house, I believe I can. So yeah. I think that's important, but what's on the future? You know, I'm, I have dreams of building another land speed car Whoa. and I would certainly like to do that and uh, have some ideas and, and throw these ideas around a lot. And, uh, we have nothing yet, but it it's a dream and, and a dream that I'm still chasing. So uh, I'm going to still go for that. You know, I think this is great. Never, never settle. Uh, I can't see Danny sitting on a porch doing what they call retirement. Uh, you'll never retire from the thing that you love. And there's a new book out that's titled Quest for Speed, the Epic Saga of Record Breaking on Land. And it's by Barry John. He's going to be a future guest here. It's our friends at Evro Publishers published this book. And of course, a past guest here, David Tremaine, did the uh, foreword for this book. And I love it because you and your family, your dad are in this book all over the place of course uh, it's a beautiful book they've got beautiful art drawings of challenger 2 and so forth so tell me a little bit about what it means for you to be in this book well barry john did a did a fantastic job on this quest for speed book and it, and it's so nice because it's a book and i mean this thing mentions i mean it's back to the blitz and bins you know one of the first bonneville records in 1914 it's got the bluebird with malcolm malcolm campbell and george easton and challenger one with my dad mickey thompson and the goldenrod burt monroe from the world's fastest indian Berkland Streamliner, George Poteet, you know, the Vesco boys. I mean, there's so many good things. And the thing that's so nice about this book is each different person or car that it's involved with, it's just a two-page deal. 
So you can sit down at night and, and just read two pages if you want, but it's got the history of going fast. So, uh, and of course you, you probably just noticed there, most all the cars I mentioned were piston powered cars, which I'm in favor of, but it's got all the jets and everything else in there too. So in Tremaine's, uh, you know, his, is David Tremaine. So it's DT and my initials are DT. So we, we have that commonality that we kid each other with. So yeah, great book by Barry John. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful book. And I, I want to do a quick shout out both, uh, Danny and I want to say a huge congratulations to our mutual friend, Judy Stropa. She was just uh, inducted into the Motorsport Hall of Fame. She's the one that brings me a lot of guests here, and she reconnected with Danny through this book by Barry John. So, hey, Judy, you go, girl. You know, Judy, Judy Stropa, is, is, she's, she's an amazing lady. And what she did for the timing and scoring, say, industry, and she did all this by hand way before, you know, computers and all this other stuff. And the sanctioning bodies, you know, when they get mixed up, they used to come to her. You know, where are you at? How's this and how's that? And, and I worked with her uh, through Interscope Racing and Danny Angaius a long time ago and, uh, you know, watched her perform. And, and the fact that she's getting inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame America is pretty cool because she's not a driver. She's not a car owner. She's not these typical things that, that they get inducted for. She's just a worker bee that was awesome. She is absolutely spectacular. And, you know, I've had so many great women on this show. In fact, this is the first time I'm going to announce it. I did this two years ago for the month of March here on Cars Yeah. I'm going to dedicate the entire month to women in motorsports and in the automotive sector. So I'm going to be having 23 women on the show back to back that talk about their careers, their lives in motorsports. So uh, there you go. But Judy, Bravo, and uh, thanks for bringing Danny back to cars. Yeah, it's been far too long. Now, Danny, I always like to ask my guests about a challenge. This is almost a silly question for a guy like you because I can't imagine the challenges of taking cars to Bonneville, trying to let set land speed records, and the fact that you set a record and then you went, you know what, let's go back and better it. I mean, if not a challenge to place on yourself, I don't know what is. So let's talk about maybe if you can pull one or two out of your hat about huge challenges and how you overcome came them you know the the record we set in in 2016 at uh 406.7 miles an hour now mind you my dad went 406.6 miles an hour in 1960 so all these years later when we finally set that record we beat the old man <laughs> by one tenth wow. of one mile an hour wow wow <laughs> but i think one of the biggest challenges you face especially at bonneville and um and people don't think about this part of it and it's mother nature Mother Nature can put you down and put you in the back seat. So, and we, I'm pretty sure it was 562 days before in between runs because we got rained out. So you work all year, you get up there. There is there's a possibility to run four times at Bonneville. And if you if you think of Bonneville, think of like a big flat table and take a glass of water and pour it on top of that table. How much water does it take to completely cover that table? Not much. And that's Bonneville. It's so flat at Bonneville, you can actually see the curvature of the earth. And so when it rains up there, you're out. And you're out for a year before you get to come back. You know, sometimes you can get lucky. In 14, we got lucky. The wind blew the right way, and it blew the water to the other end of the salt. And we got to come back, although it was a bit wet, we got to come back a month later and do a second event. So so Mother Nature, she's got way, way, way more horsepower than we do. Yeah, she always does. Now, Bonneville, you don't get to go and practice. It's like, where do you practice in a land speed record car? There's no practicing. You just go and do it. 
That that's a great point because um, there isn't. I mean, there's only a few places you can run in the world. One's down in Australia, and one's in South America, down in Bolivia. But that's at twelve thousand five hundred feet. So you just can't go practice. So when you unload off of the trailer, I mean, you go for it. Yeah. Our very first run we ever made, a uh, five mile run, was three hundred ninety two miles an hour. I think we just missed the record. I think we missed the record by one mile an hour or something and had to go back and do it again. Cause at Bonneville to get a record, you have to do it twice and they average those two speeds together. Well, let's talk a little bit about how people set records there, because I know there's a couple different ways you can do a run and set a record, but then to get the coveted spot, you've got to come back and do it again within a certain period of time, which makes it very hard because you've got to figure out where you're going to stop on the track to get back in time to get the car ready to go again and all this stuff. So could you explain that a little bit to my listeners of how those rules work? Sure. So there's, there's two different types of records. There's FIA. And then there's SCTA, which is Southern California Timing Association, Bonneville Nationals. And pretty much we just run those. So you make your run. And if you qualify, and by qualify, you have to surpass an existing record, you go back to the pits and you have four hours to prep your car for the next day. So in those four hours, you do all the prep you can, and then they kick you out of the impound area and you come back the next morning for your return run. The reason that is is because there's so many people that run Bonneville now, you can't have cars running both ways. Now, the other way is the FIA record. Now, this is, this is really, really difficult and mm, a bit dangerous in my opinion. But so you make your run. If you qualify, you turn around, and within one hour, you have to go back and make your return run. Now, the reason I say it's dangerous is because to turn a car around in an hour you know, you're trying to do all these, like, for instance, in Challenger 2, you have to put in almost 50 gallons of fuel because it takes that much to go five miles. F- uh, 50, wait a minute. 50 gallons of fuel yep. to go five miles. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> in, in Challenger 2, it, as in the drag race cars, we don't run any water on the block. So we run a whole lot of nitromethane and run a lot of fuel through. And that's what keeps the engines cool. And uh, so so you add the fuel. Uh, you have to change oil in both oil pans and both oil tanks, change four tires, adjust the valves, uh, all of this in an hour. Now, now we had it down to 23 minutes for the turnaround and to go back. And uh, we ran there in 2017, and on the down pass, we broke a dry shaft. And the dry shaft came out of the side of the car, took the tire out. The vehicle Challenger 2 slid sideways for a mile and a half. It was 413 miles an hour when the dry shaft came out of it. And this is pretty This is pretty funny. Because the car was so far sideways, the dry shaft came out, it hit the salt, came back in the car, tore a bunch more stuff up, went out of the car, and came back in the car. What? So basically from the rear engine to the tail of the thing, it took everything out. But we survived that run, but of course then we couldn't make our return run within an hour, so we were done. So yeah, the, the FIA deal is... So we we concentrate more on the SCTA records. So it's as if the car said, blah, I'm done. Oh, now I'm going to kill you. Blah, here, have it again. Have it again. Then the salt said, here, take it back. I don't throw your parts out on me. I'm going to give them back. My gosh, that's that's nuts. Plus, you did it all going sideways. Sideways. And you think about, so Challenger 2 is 32 feet long, but it's only 36 inches wide. Two engines, 3,000 horsepower piece at the end when we really started leaning on it. And so if you, if you imagine getting a pencil sideways, it's just going to roll when it gets sideways because there's not much stability right, right. there because it's so narrow. 
and it's narrow because you can pierce the air better. So, um, yeah, it, w- it was a challenging, uh, challenging time. But there were so many little events like that. We only made 10 complete runs with Challenger 2. Wow. So to go that fast in, in that, you know, that short amount of time, but it wasn't without problems in, in different, you know, different instances, different running. So and that was over an eight year period. What a brilliant name for a vehicle trying to set a land challenger. Yes, definitely a massive challenge. Oh my gosh, I can't hear it standing up on my arms. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Well, let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to dive a little bit into your personal passion for automobiles and going fast. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. All right, Danny, we're back. Would you share a story with me going back into your history when you decided you were going to follow in your dad's footsteps and be a race car driver, set land speed records? Because as I alluded to earlier, your dad really didn't want you to do this, did he? He did not. He, uh, I started racing when I was nine and 10 years old in quarter midgets and, and we had some, you know, a lot of fun, but I'll tell you a quick story. So one night my dad ran lion's drag strip. So he built lion's drag strip, which is a famous uh, drag strip in Southern California. And he added a quarter midget track to the backside of it. And so I was out there running around and everything. And, uh, Happened to win my race this one particular night, and I'm standing there with the trophy girl and everything. But a kid during during that race had got upside down and hurt himself real bad. Well, somebody from the quarter midget side ran over to the drag strip side and told my dad, hey, Danny got upside down and he's hurt real bad. Oh, no. Uh. And so my dad comes flying across over the thing, jumps over the hay bales, and gets down there. And there I am sitting there with the little trophy girl, all proud and happy and everything. Yeah. And my dad just... He said, that's it. You will never race again in your life as far as I'm concerned. And he sold my car on the spot and said, that's it. You're done. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was it was uh, racing became, you know, I, it wasn't I wasn't allowed. 
And I didn't start racing until I was 18 years old, and, and I left the house, and then he couldn't do much about it. So, yeah, my, my dad and I had riffs about that for, for a long time, you know, so it was, uh, it was problematic in our relationship. Our relationship was tremendous, except for that one thing, and I wanted to race. He wanted me to be the corporate lawyer, and no, that, that, that didn't work out for me. I just wanted to race. And to get back to your original question, I mean, so my dad drove that passion because I wanted to be like my dad. I mean, I didn't know he did anything really different than everybody else. You know, I mean, it wasn't like a big deal what Mickey Thompson did, because, I mean, it's what I grew up with every day. You know, he's out there second records and other people's dads are plumbers or or lawyers or, you know, whatever. And so it was never a big deal to me. But and then when I was a little bit older, I got to ride on the back of a motorcycle with this gentleman. And you'll absolutely know who he is. Dan Gurney. What? And, Dan yep, Gurney? So oh, my gosh. Dan Gurney out at Riverside. And, and Dan Gurney had a, a huge passion for motorcycles. But he took me for a ride. And I don't know how old I was, eight or nine or 10 or something. I don't remember. But he got to ride on the back. And we went up a little hill and stuff. And I was on the back of it. And so that just kind of that drove the passion for motorcycles. So cars and motorcycles. No kidding. Well, he didn't want his son hurt. And uh, that's easy to understand being a parent uh, as I am. But at the same time, you just can't smash that fire, that passion that is instilled inside your heart. So uh, uh, we're all happy you took the path that you took. Now, I always ask my guests to share a very special vehicle. I'm guessing Challenger 2 is probably the most special vehicle in your life, right? That's absolutely the truth. I mean, it's it's something. I mean, when we set that record, it was 50 years old. And it's a passion. That car set in my shop on a mm, fixture for probably 18 years. And I walked around that thing every day working on whatever I was working on, whether it was race car parts or tractor parts or, you know, people's house parts or whatever. And, and so I had a real passion for that car. And it came down to my wife and I sitting on the couch and we were watching something that kind of sparked this memory. And it was, well, you know what? I don't want to be on this couch sitting here talking to you when I'm 80 years old saying, I wonder if Challenger 2 could go 400 miles an hour. And now I don't have to wonder because we did it. You did it. Well, kudos to you. Brilliant. I love it. Well, obviously, uh, the next question is going to be probably an odd one for you. It's it's kind of unique for most of my guests, and it's a bit introspective. Uh, but maybe I know the answer. I don't know, but maybe I don't. We'll see. Now, if you woke up tomorrow, Danny, and you were manifest as a car, this isn't what you want to be. This is you in a vehicle, your personality, your history, your future, perhaps. What would Danny Thompson be? But more importantly, why? Hmm. Well, now in the last 10 or 15 years, I've really gained this passion for land speed racing. And it's so difficult and um, there's no money in it or anything else. But I would really, really, truly like to build another car. Yeah. And I would like to build another car with a clean sheet of paper. Now, it's a dream, but now you can now you can manifest your own ideas and uh, those kind of things. So, um, yeah. Now, that would make it be probably more difficult. Before, I would have had the excuse, well, this car is 50 years old and it didn't go fast enough. <laughs> yes. you know, now, if you if you built a new car and you started with a clean blank sheet of paper, then that's probably the pressure is more, even more on me. But yeah, I'd like to build, I'd like to build a new car, a new land speed record car. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, your answer reminds me of the great Ferdinand Porsche when he was asked, what's your favorite Porsche? And he said, the next one. Uh, you know, that's what champions are always doing. That's what race car drivers are always doing. Once they're done with something, that's the past. And I always tell my listeners this. They've heard it before. There's a quote on my business card from the great Ayrton Senna. He said, the past is just data. I only see the future. And that's pretty typical for most race car drivers, if not all that I've had in the show, like you, is you're always looking ahead. That's why that windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror, right? Uh, you're always, you're not looking what's in front of you. You're always looking at what's way down the road, in your case, at the end of that salt flat and that goal post, if you will. So I like that answer, Danny. All right. We're entering a bit of what I call the last lap or the last pass. In your case, uh, these are pretty quick answers, pretty quick questions. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Well, I think it's determination and and the fact that you don't give up. I mean, I don't give up. I mean, it, that's probably training from my dad when I was younger. If I would have got up, if I would have given up, I would have got mm, reprimanded. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Now, if I had a magic wand and I could arrange for you to sit down and have a meal with anyone, living or deceased, who would it be? <sighs> That's uh, that's a great question because there's so many people that, that you'd like to sit down with and and pick their brains per se. Oh yeah. But I think the one the one thing that I would really really enjoy, which I can't, is have a conversation with my dad, yeah, my son, and my wife. Uh, and uh, yeah, my my uh, son was only three months old when my dad was murdered, and so he's so much like my dad in so many ways. Oh, not wow. not necessarily driving, but. If I could sit down with those three and, and have a cup of tea, that would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be something? You know, it's fun that the uh, your dad's attributes have come through in your son and you see bits and pieces of him. I, I have the same with my son. I see some of my father and him from time to time. And they didn't get to spend a lot of time together, but a little bit. But I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Let me ask you this, Danny. If there's one thing about your son that really when you when you hear him or look at him reminds you of your dad, what's that one thing? If you could, If you could even pick one thing. Wow, that's that's another. You 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 throw these difficult questions out. There. I know. I know. Um, yeah, you know he's he's so much like my dad in so many ways, and and the way he thinks and how methodical he is. And uh, I think I think that's what it is. Now he's not like him at all. He doesn't race. He doesn't care. He does all of our PR work, and um, and he's got a real gift for writing. But yeah, I think I think it how methodical he is, and and how his memory is he's not like his dad that forgets stuff five minutes later. I mean. He's in, and he researches everything. If we were, if you ask him a question right now, he wants to know the answer. I mean, he would be on Google or whatever trying to figure out what you were talking about. So, so he was on top of the world right away. So, yeah. Cool. See, reminds me of my son Blake very much. So, very, very cool. What's the best automotive or racing advice someone else ever offered to you that really held true? Sometimes you have to throw it away, and what that means is sometimes you can't beat the dead horse per se forever and ever you have to step back throw that thing away and whether it's a part you're making or or whether it is and rethink it uh re-engineering if, if that's what if that's what it takes and come up with a new plan and go for it so so yeah sometimes i'm not saying give up by any means but sometimes you have to redirect maybe is a better a better word for it it's that great analogy or metaphor of uh, sometimes you got to know when to stop digging the hole and get out of the hole before you dig yourself too deep and you can't get out. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Now, there's so many great resources for us these days. So what's a good go-to for you? 
Well, as much as I hate to say it, because at times I love it and at times I hate it, but the internet is the internet's pretty amazing. And and I give you an example. Say if I was going to make a new part and it had to be a certain material, and so you research the strengths of that material, whether it's an aluminum or a twenty twenty four or a forty forty three or a mar aging or whatever, and you can find out most all of the things about it and what its tensile strengths are and what you have to heat treat it to and you know stuff like that so so the internet has you know a lot of a lot of really good good things a couple of bad things but yeah. a lot of really good things that you could that you could research right away you don't have to make 55 phone calls to all your friends or whatever and get lied to a few times you could, <laughs> you could just go research it you know, I always say when you're using the internet caveat emptor buyer beware or maybe there's my seventh grade latin eludes me right now i'm not sure what you would say in latin reader beware but uh or viewer beware but yeah we all know that uh, just uh, question what you read but yeah it's it's phenomenal what we can access these days now i always ask my guests for uh, a book now obviously we're going to mention again quest for speed the epic saga of record breaking on land by Barry John at Evro Publishers, and uh, we'll make sure we put that on Danny's show notes page. But there's a couple books that have been written about your father that I think we'd be remiss to mention here. Uh, one is Mickey Thompson, The Fast Life. I believe that's by Eric uh, Arneson. That's correct. Er- Eric did that book. Mm, I think it was five or six years ago now. Uh-huh. And it's a great book, and it, it kind of picked up where Griff Borgeson's book dropped off in about 1964 or so. So it went all the way through, you know, my dad's demise. And so uh, Eric, Eric penned that thing really well. And then there's another book also, and I actually got a copy of it right here. Cool. There and, we go. Uh, yeah. So this is, this is Mickey Thompson uh, by Tom Madigan. And it doesn't quite, it's not quite right about the lost story of the original Speed Demon in his own words. So, but these are in Gris or in uh, Tom's words. And, then also, I'm very proud, too, because the last chapter is, and I don't know if we can see this. Challenger by 2 Redo, yeah. <laughs> by Travis Thompson, and that's my son, and he penned the, the epilogue, so nice. I'm, I'm quite quite proud of him for doing that. Yeah. And um, so that made it be, you know, that made it be real good. So so a book about my dad and the final chapter uh, with my son writing it. So, you know, what more can you ask than that? That's pretty darn cool. I'll put all those books on Danny Shona's page so you can link to those. All of them very worthy to be on your automotive library bookshelf. They're all on mine. All right. We're up to the checkered flag, Danny. I'm going to buy you something cool today. Some kind of cool collector car, race car. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to buy it for you, deliver it to you. But there's some rules to this game. You can't sell it to fund your next race car. You got to keep it. You got to <laughs> drive it. You got to enjoy it. I want it to be something that ticks kind of a lot of boxes for you. So what's it going to be? Well, I know you think I'm going to say Challenger 2. Yeah. Which, 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 which it probably should be, but a car that I'm really, really, really like, American made, although it was never actually produced, was a 1959 Corvette Stingray. Uh, and John Mitchell, um, designed the thing. And I mean, that car is so beautiful. I don't know why Corvette's never been able to hit it that well again, but this car is just absolutely a work of art. And uh, I mean, Duntoff was involved in it, you know, with the engine part of it and some other things. And it had this really nice swoopy thing that went down behind your head. And but yeah, 1959, it wasn't even limited edition. It was what do they call those? A prototype uh, car, I prototype. believe. Yeah. There you go. Yep. A design yep. study. I know the car you're talking about. That car was parked on the lawn at Pebble Beach in 2008. I was there with my son uh, when he was younger, obviously. I think he was in his early teens, junior high. 
And I remember walking up to that car and the great Peter Brock was standing there, who's become a friend of mine. He's been on the show several times. And a lot of people don't know this, that Peter Penn actually drew with the first Corvette Stingray sketch out for Bill Mitchell and for Chevrolet. It, it's always uh, kind of Duntoff gets all the credit, but there's a great book that Peter uh, wrote about that and about that car. And I got to stand there with my son listening to Peter talk about that car. That is pretty cool. I'm not sure how am I going to get that out of the owner's hands. I believe that's in a museum, perhaps. I think you'd look pretty cool in that thing. Now, now you promised. I know, so you, I know. So you you, oh, you, you have to figure out how to steal that or whatever. Yeah, and, something. <laughs> and I think I, I think I mispronounced. Uh, I, it is Bill Mitchell. I think I said John Mitchell. But no yeah, worries. Bill yeah, Mitchell. the great Bill Mil- Mitchell. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't make a promise to Danny Thompson, and you don't carry <laughs> through. So I'm going to get to work on that for you. In the meantime, I might send you a little model from uh, Peter Brock's desk, or maybe I can get Peter to do a little sketch for you until I can get my hands on that. But that's a pretty cool car. No one's ever asked for that vehicle so uh, i'm not surprised you asked for something very unique and very different wouldn't you look cool with skis uh, on the back of that thing driving down to telluride let's do it let's do it yeah let's go skiing that sounds like fun well listen danny this has been so much fun i can't thank you enough for coming back i can't wait to see what the future holds for danny thompson and setting land speed records i have no doubt you're going to be on the salt again i have no doubt at all before i let you go Would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive down to Telluride to do a little skiing today in that 59 Corvette, a prototype in silver, of course? Well, I think patience. Patience is the one thing that it takes, especially when you're in motorsports and especially when you're doing something new and something untested. and, And once again, the Bonneville deal that we talked about not being able to run because of Mother Nature and things like that. Patience. The patience, it never, ever comes easy. No, it doesn't. Uh, Patience, and I'll add tenacity, grit, bulldoggedness. I mean, Danny's got them all. So, uh, But patience, I think you said that really well. What's the best way for people to keep up with you, if that's even possible, this day and age, Danny? Well, Thompson, everything's Thompson, Thompson LSR. So that's Facebook, Thompson LSR. Our website is ThompsonLSR.com. All the other social media things are Thompson LSR. So, yeah. Follow us, you know, hopefully we'll have, uh, hopefully we'll come up with something new in the future and, and hopefully we can talk again. And, you know, once again, thank you so much for your show. I mean, I, I listened to it and, uh, I listened to it the other day when you had the McLaren guys on and, uh, you know, that's that good, good, good show. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so appreciate it. And so I was on what one, what show was I, I think on? you 186? were 186. Yeah. That was yeah. back in 2015. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. Danny's back. And so now we're now where are we? 1754. Yeah. 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 Good, good on you. Good on you. I'm trying good to show. I'm trying to set some records myself here, Danny. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think somebody the other day said, I think the only one person that's interviewed more than you might be uh uh Larry King, who we just lost, of course. But I he had a few years on me. I think he was in broadcasting for 60 years. So uh, I don't think I'm going to last that long, but uh, I'm going to do the best I can to set my own records here, and I'll use you as my mentor and as my role model, Danny. You can find everything, listeners, on Danny's show notes page. If you missed my first talk with him, go back. He was great. Excuse me. I was still learning my craft, but uh, I think you'll enjoy some things that we talked about way back when. Uh, and again, uh, you can follow him on his website. I'll put links on the show notes page here. Danny, Until you and I meet again, hopefully on the Bonneville salt plants, I'll see you down the road. Cheers, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's go skiing. 
Hey, fellow inspiring automotive enthusiasts, did you know if you subscribe at carsdad.com, I'll send you my free filler-up book? It's an ebook filled with fuel, filler fun, and inspirational quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get a weekly wrap-up email from me every Friday, and your name will be in the hat for one of the many free giveaways here at Cars Yeah. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button, and boom, you're in the club. And don't forget to subscribe to Cars Yeah on your mobile podcast app, and you'll get the Cars Yeah show delivered right to your mobile device every day, absolutely free. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, that's what we're all about. Here at Cars Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.